just to, just to fill everybody in that, that's listening, th- this podcast is going to be a little bit of everything. Shit talking, the serious conversations like we are with Mike right now, to, to, to you know, just another day at Tops, I guess. Uh, it could, it could, it's going to bounce around. So, you know, for sure people are going to have to wear earmuffs, whoever don't want to hear Jesus and Craig cussing. But, yeah, sorry about um, that, guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, I'll try to watch. You know how language. bad we are. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, and this. Uh, I'm this, rather uh, surprised to hear any cussing coming from our choir boy, Jesus. Balance, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. balancing everything, right? Oh yeah. Yep. How about when we were working in the back? Of your dad's property Absolutely. in the garage. Yeah, we we Couldn't we poured, we poured concrete, man. We poured concrete, and I remember, fuck, it was expensive to pour that fucking concrete, Mike. <laughs> Eight hundred bucks, Mike. Son of a bitch. And then we poured concrete, and um, man, it, it was probably like fifteen by eight, fifteen by ten feet of of concrete. You know, and the little little uh, bricks for a stove just on the outside wall of it. Yep, and then a little on the, right on the outside, we built another little shed to to be able to do the heat treat stuff like that. Um, yeah, man, it was crazy. And I remember, you know, Mike talking about, you know, we we supplied military. We did, man. That's we were known when 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 you wanted a military knife. Tops was the first first name on the list. Um, I remember first off, Mike, and correct me if I'm wrong. We we, we try to do some military contracts. But they would take so long to get paid, and we didn't have the money to 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 be able to afford that. Yeah, because you know, I remember, and back then, you know, I was just working. I was just working. I didn't know, you know, our our financial situation. I didn't know none of that. But I but I would I would, you know, I could see because Mike Mike would fucking he would take him and Helen. You know, I'm gonna throw it in too, but they would drive six, seven, ten boxes to the mail. And then, right, Mike? Right on that. Yep. And, and then Mike would go down a week later and wait for a paycheck to come in so we can get more steel ordered or pay off the people or whatever. And, and, and like I said, I was, I, was, I was at the bottom of the totem pole, man. I was, I was, you know, so I was just waiting for my paycheck, you know. Um, but I, 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 I look back at things now and then, shit, um, we got invited to a big dinner that they do. I think it's on like on a Tuesday or something that shot. And back then, Mike, Mike, you know, we would drink a Corona once in a while. And I remember Mike, Mike got a, a, a shot, like a drink, a drink. I don't know what kind of liquor it was. And then he started drawing a, he started drawing a, a knife on the, on the tablecloth. Of this, of this fucking place. <laughs> and I'm was talking, it a cl- like a cloth tablecloth? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, but it's nice. You know, it's a fancy. If people that have been to shot and they've been to this dinner, they know what I'm talking about. They, they either invite like a comedy guy or somebody famous to this to this uh, dinner. I remember Mike drawing that and he's showing me and he's like, take that with you. And I'm like, how the fuck am I going to take that with me? <laughs> And Mike you pulls out of Mike cut it out of oh, the fucking tablecloth, dude. <laughs> do, you, do you recall that, Mike? Oh, do you remember man. that? Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna get a bill in the mail for that show for like a, for like a thousand dollars for a tablecloth. You know, and I, I think I think it was in Orlando. It was Johnny Walker Scotch. Yeah. Yep, it there was in go. Orlando. Where that was my first or second show that I did the shot show. Um, yeah, so I have a question coming back to that the Steel Eagle 107 Delta. 
So the, that's the first knife we ever did, 19 or so. Was there like a prototype process to that? Like, did you start with the drawing and just that was that? Or how, how did that work? Uh, I like the start of uh, many of the projects for people out there. It was uh, a Denny's Midnight Special. And yes, it was on a big napkin, which got transferred to a brown paper bag. And um, first, first made out of uh, just cut out by steel and uh, by hand. And I was working with a gentleman at that stage who was able to do some of the grinding. And we kind of designed and went along um, uh, and improved the design on the first one. Uh, when the first one was completed, uh, because we live in an area that's very close to the forests, uh, the woods, uh, we drove out of town and beat the living hell out of that piece of equipment. And I got to tell you, that 107D lasted and lasted, and we still have it today. We, we did um, capitalize on the success of the Steel Eagle. The very next one that we made was... Uh, the Steel Eagle 111. And uh, we had that on display at a show in Salt Lake City. And uh, a young, very muscular young man came by and kept playing with it at the table. And uh, we were just having a chit-chat. And it turns out that this fellow was uh, in the early TV series uh, Grizzly Adams. And he played... Uh, the American, or what's the proper term, the Native American, mm -hmm. who uh, starred in the show as well. And uh, he, he was uh, looking for a knife that he could go wild pig hunting with. And uh, we kind of jazzed one up as best we could and brought it back to him or shipped it to him in Salt Lake City. And he did take it out on a boar hunt. And I don't know how many people out there in the audience go wild boar hunting with a an 11-inch blade, but he did and uh, had all the pictures to prove it. You know, back then, core wrap. Core wrap was big. You know, a lot more people were, were want a core wrap now. You know, you do it by yourself. You know. Yeah, now it's like people would rather do it themselves. Yeah. They'd rather just get it with handles. Yeah, because yeah, now there's YouTube to the look pick. up how to yeah. Yeah. do wraps. Our, our competitor yeah. was uh, out there in, in the front row at that stage one of the very few people that um as a proud competitor of ours uh was out there in what was then the uh, not the birth of but certainly the strong movement in the tactical knife market and that was uh strider knives and they were really big on cord wrap and uh yeah. and the marketplace really took to it for quite some time and they had they had their unique their unique cord wrap that that if anybody copied, you could tell. Okay. Um, so, so I remember. I remember they. So you knew right away. You yeah. could tell by the cord wrap that yeah. it was yeah. theirs. Were you and we were at a blade show, I think it was, and and the Strider boys, what we called them, because there was two brothers. I remember uh, they flipped a table on on the guy that had a uh, that yeah. had a bunch of their knockoffs, in the same fucking flip the table. Yeah, flip oh, the table. Oh, that's it. awesome. Yeah, remember that, Mike? Yes, he was, yeah. he was a man of Oriental persuasion and. Uh, said that he had, uh, I, I remember that because I just saw it from not very far off, that uh, he had made these models uh, to show the Strider fellows how how well he could produce and help them 
And of course, that was just nonsense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they, Crazy. yeah, the Strata guys turned the table upside down. First run of interceptors, we sold to uh, a police department uh, just outside of Salt Lake City. You know, okay. we, we had a good run, and, and the cats and the interceptors, uh, along with the Steel Eagles, those were our primary models for quite some time after that. So, we, so we couldn't ones, keep up production even on those. So those ones kind of pushed the company yes. the first several years? Yes. Where did the dot dash dot come from? The dot dash dot is a military, shouldn't say military, but it I used it in the military. It was a, originally a communicator. And we used to do what they call dot diddy dot or Morse code. And in Morse code, the dot dash dot is the um, symbol, or I should say the sound for the letter R. R as in rescue or anything else to do with the R. Roger, which Roger. is a, yep. a symbol or sound that everybody knows. Roger meaning everything's okay. And uh, we used that on our knives at the beginning on all of them, and it became a hallmark or symbol for Topps knives, and we have, where appropriate, tried to include it. And uh, we had letters from people in the field later on uh, who were preppers and survivalists that used that little dot dash dot to form little fish hooks out of wire. So it had some secondary uses for sure. We did several models for uh, Dr. Ron Hood, who passed away several years ago. He was... Uh, uh, a very good outdoor educator and, and made quite a few videos in his time and uh, uh, certainly was well-respected. Uh, we made the Anaconda models yeah. for him. As a matter of fact, I do recall that we um, made one of the large Anacondas and it was presented uh, to at a retirement ceremony for a gentleman in the Pentagon. And... Um, he had that sitting on his desk, I guess, until his final days that he retired. And that gives us a lot of pride. We even um, made a special model for, and I preface this with, don't take it to politics, whichever side you're on, it doesn't make any difference. But we had a request to do a knife for President Bush. Bush yeah. and um, Senior? No, this was our last Bush. The okay. younger Bush. Yep. And, um, it was a Mission Team 21. It was a Mission Team 21. And uh, we have a, a handwritten note, hand-signed from him, thanking us. It was uh, a joy for him. And uh, I, from what I understand, I, it was presented to him by the governor then of the state of Idaho and uh, sits in the uh, museum that they have now where they each one of the presidents has a library it's sitting there there's a great degree of the change uh, and direction of the style of the knives anybody that uh, remembers our early days should recall or would recall the very straight and angular design of the knives which was the only way I could think of in those days and you will notice maybe 10 years uh, out from the or origin that the lines of the knives have got more 
curves look a little bit sexier, still do the job. <laughs> and, uh, and that sexy part came from Leo. Yeah. And uh, many people who've come to our table at Blade Show or at SHOT Show notice the difference. And uh, it doesn't make me feel bad. I guess I'm just a straight and angular kind of guy. And <laughs> Leo's the sexy one. So, <laughs> I got go. a lot of curves, Mike. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. So after, so after, fuck, I rode around with Mike easily, easily every single day. I'm not lying. Every single day, maybe except Saturday or Sunday, but but we drove in the same car. We drove up to Rexburg, which is about fucking twenty minutes, twenty thirty minutes to Rigby, um, to another place here in town. Um, but every day we were in the car together, every single day for about five years. Um, so stories, you know, stories were pushed back and forth, and you know, Mike found out why I fucking wore shorts in the winter and <laughs> some stuff like that. I think you need to tell that story now. <laughs> no, it, I it, really it, it was, know. you know, shit. I was like maybe eighteen, nineteen, probably, and in and, and, and here in Idaho, it's legal to drink it. Uh, 19. Yeah. Different laws. <laughs> so, <laughs> different laws in Idaho. Okay, let's go ahead and just clear that up right now. That's not legal. Oh, no. Um, oh, no, shit. Fuck, no, I fucked that's up. Not, that's not true. Damn, they told me you're different. But anyways, I was either I was either hungover or still drunk. But hey, I never missed a day at work, no matter what, 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 you know, how I was. Um, I was, I was always, I was always, I was always there. I, there I just remember when he would uh, come into work and uh, we're in the shorts and a T-shirt. And, of course, he had a boom box in his car or his truck. <laughs> and uh, there it was. It was probably 30 degrees, and we were working in a double bay garage, and that the door was open most of the time because we were sandblasting out in the open. And uh, I looked o- over at him, and I swear to God, I didn't see a goosebump on his skin whatsoever. <laughs> it wasn't until 10 years later that he told me he used to come to work, and he was... Just slightly, ever so slightly inebriated. (laughs) The important part of that story is if you're going to be inebriated, show up to work on time. (laughs) He's changed now, though. You know, uh, that was uh, Leo, or as I call him, affectionately Polo, in his youth. Since he got married and has three kids, he's just a different kind of guy. Uh, he is, of course, turning a bit gray. He's got a, f- a furrowed <laughs> brow now. But he, he's got three kids and a wife that love him to death. And uh, it's just more of an extension of the family for me. So yeah, and shit, Mike, Mike, fuck, I think I met Mike when I was 15 years old. Yeah. And he's been with me since my kids growing up, um, me getting married, me getting out of trouble, getting into trouble. Mike was always there. He was either fucking standing next to me in a fucking courtroom. And I'm not saying I was fucking uh, the best fucking kid growing up, but, you know, uh, we, we, shit, we've been through so much. And uh, and being able to be here today and tell these stories, it, it makes me proud, you know. So As, as well as you yeah. yeah. I got a question for Leo. Well, that's there we go. Turning the tables. <laughs> I, I, I hope I'm here to see it, but I was going to ask him where he thinks the company's going to be in about five years. You know, five years, Mike, it, it's short. It, it, I'm, I'm thinking more 10, 20, Mike. I mean, this company is going to be triple what it is now. Hopefully, 
you know, we can keep adding good good people to the to the Mike told me one time, always try to hire people that are smarter than you. <laughs> That's something that I'm never Absolutely. gonna forget. Yeah. And the people that I have are smarter than I am. You know, I, I tell them and sometimes they're like, You're full of shit because I couldn't do what you do. But in my in my point of view, the people that I hire are smart. They are like you guys. I'm not. I'm not just saying other people, but you. You know, I got. We got good quality people. But ten, twenty years from now, Tops is going to be a brand that just by looking at that logo, and I and I've said this once. You get a Nike sign, put it on a black piece of paper. You know exactly who the hell that is. Tops is going to be that. That's that's who we're going to be in about ten, twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, ten, ten years. Fuck twenty years. Ten years. That's who Tops is. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be a company that you 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 look at the blade and you know it's quality and you know it, it's it's something that that you your life can depend on and and then you wouldn't even hesitate in not picking one up and and, and taking it to the field. You know, so. so you think you can have as much gray hair as I do? Absolutely. <laughs> In ten years, damn. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I've spoken from somebody that's totally gray or my snow white now. So that's 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 where the company's headed. 